Andrew. Well, thank you, everyone. So good to be here tonight, and um, I, I really feel blessed. We are blessed as a church tonight to have Wayne sharing. Um, as you know, uh, we've all been following the news in Ukraine. Um, Wayne, just a bit of a backstory. As a 17-year-old, Wayne was super excited about being a fighter pilot. He was going to be the next maverick in the world. Um, but as it happened, he got chicken pox as he was going to enter the Air Force. And he said to God, I'm going to give you one year of my life and I'm going to go to Ukraine. And he went over there for one, years, one year and it's now 30 years later that he served in Ukraine. That's fair effort. Isn't it worth a, a clap? Um, 30 years he served in Ukraine. Planting a church, doing a business's mission, quite entrepreneurial in bringing community transformation to a small village that I can't pronounce outside of Kiev. And so he's been there a long time, but I just feel like, as we could imagine, his world has been turned upside down in these last month and these last months. But I just feel, I wonder if Wayne's ever thought it's just like a, an Esther moment. Um, he's there for a time just as this, because he's been at the front lines. Um, creating opportunity to get petrol to people, food and shelter. Um, his whole world and, and direction of ministry has changed. So we're really blessed to hear from him here. Um, I also just want to introduce you to David Bernard. He's um, the state director for OM, the organisation that Wayne works with here in Queensland. And he works with people, individuals and churches to help serve ministries in 100 different countries around the world. And maybe there's some other 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, 25-year-olds thinking, well, maybe God's got a story to write in my life as well. And just chat to David. He'll, he'll share what's going on around the world, gap year opportunities, all sorts of opportunities as well. So I want you to meet um, David as well. But before Wayne shares, I thought it'd be great for us to get just a little bit of a taste and feel of what's happening in Ukraine. So we've got this little video clip to share with you, and then um, Wayne will come and, and share. So let's turn ahead. song that says where were you when they crucified my lord and and the question the ukrainian people are asking is where were you when they crucified us and that's how we feel right now as as lives tens of thousands of lives are being snuffed out the beauty of the gospel is a gospel that is like god himself he's the suffering god he he enters into his world to suffer with the people and just like jesus was crucified on a cross he did that willingly and the the children of god as we see in the scriptures there is a suffering theology theology of suffering where the fragrance of christ is made beautiful as as, as lives are being destroyed this war has changed people but Lord, you have used this and you will continue to use this for dozens of this local community that it is. And to watch that happen, like this isn't me. I don't know what I'm doing. This isn't our organization. This isn't, you know, all these people on their own. We don't have the means to, to, to do what's happening right now. This is God. Man, there's nothing like that. Us asking Faye, like, do you get it? Do you understand, like, why that has to go into Ukraine? Does that make sense to you? And uh, Faye just looked at us and 
She's like, yeah, because it's better for you to risk your life than no people will starve to death and do nothing about it. And that just struck so deep with me and my wife that like she, she gets it. She had words that we didn't even have at the time for it. We risk our lives to bring people food because Jesus says that if you seek to keep your life, you're going to lose it. And if you lose your life, you'll gain it. And that, like, he wasn't sarcastic when he said that. And it's a literal fact. Like, when you lay aside your ambitions and your dreams and everything that you want to do, and then you selflessly try to seek what the Lord wants you to do, that in that you find joy and life. I'm not sure, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not sure how much you got of the, the audio there, but I wanted you to see the visuals um, because these are real people. This is a real place. Like, I mean, we're so distant from it, but this is what's happening in these places. And Wayne's been there just a um, matter of days and a week ago. And um, yeah, we're really blessed to have you share, Wayne. Um, so thank you so much. And could we give him just a really warm Bridgman welcome as he comes to share with us? That's what my wife goes through every time we come to Australia because we speak in churches and churches and churches and in churches. <laughs> but our life has changed. Um, yeah, um, I'm known as Wayne from Ukraine. It's pretty tacky, isn't it? But you won't forget it. Um, because of the echo, this is the first time I didn't cry when I watched this because we, because we live this. And uh, before I begin, I can't really see you. Um, тут есть русскоговорящие, є україномовні. Буду дуже раді з вами спілкуватися. Just checking. I want to give the opportunity to both Russian and Ukrainian speakers um, uh, to meet. Our world has been turned upside down. The unthinkable has happened. And um, um, you cannot not have an opinion about it. You cannot not feel hurt um, or you cannot not have questions. The other thing that I want to say to all you is that um, this situation in Ukraine has changed um, it, it, has struck, it has struck the world and it has called a, caused a lot of prayer and it has called, caused a massive response and I want to say thank you to you if you have prayed and I want to say thank you to you if you have given financially uh, and I want to say thank you to you as a church and initially it was predicted that this would be a three day massacre and now we're in today 135 or something and the war for us is not over. It is actually not over. Um, the largest battles since the Second World War are taking place in Eastern Ukraine at the moment. As we speak, every day there are more than a thousand casualties. And this is the world that I uh, have adopted and history has come to us. You are watching 
modern day history unfold before your eyes. Um, Normally all the work that I do is in Russian. So that's the family home language. My wife, uh, we can put up the, uh, a couple slides now to introduce you to my family. This was the, the, the COVID shot on the Brisbane River. We got stuck in Australia during the first months of COVID and uh, we got a, good, uh, got a good family deal for the, for the photo. There's my wife, Olya. Um, she's somewhat the reason I stayed in Ukraine. Look, it's not a bad deal, not, not a bad deal. And then we got the four kids thrown in as a, a bonus. My two eldest sons are 22, they're not married. <laughs> Neither are my two younger kids. There you go, I did it. My eldest son, Mark, is here tonight. Okay, um, I'm sanguine, at least I used to be, and I um, need to feel interaction, but I can't see you, so I'm just going to pretend that you're there. And I did go on a one-year mission adventure after doing a deal with God when I knew that I wanted to become a fighter pilot, and um, I mean, I know that COVID has had a big influence on, I got COVID twice, um, but uh, the chicken pox had a bigger influence on my life. And uh, I gave God a year of my life and I turned up as a teenager in a brand new country just 18 months after it became independent. Former, so it's, it's a brand new independent country but with thousands of years of history. And I turned up there and I got to see those early events. Um, it was the crusade capital of the world and thousands of people had spiritual hunger and they were saying yes to, to the gospel. And Ukraine has never been the same. Um, and I, in my simplicity, said I want a life of meaning. I want a life of adventure. I want something that I can commit my life to. Of course, I want prestige and I want fast airplanes and the rest of it, all the important stuff. And... Um, I wanted more where faith comes in and it changes the fate of a person and of a family and of a nation. But I did not choose this way of what's happening now and I would not choose it for anybody. And yet because I have been intertwined into a culture, learning the language and the culture and the history and loving the people and asking questions of why do you live this way? Why do I live this way? What does God think about this? What does God have to answer? What, what, what answer does he have? And as you, your life melds in, you have something to give and it's Jesus. But you have other stuff too that I have found that the Ukrainian people need. I come from a can-do culture a young country where anything's possible. And I take that into a place that has had, for the last hundred years, each generation has had a systematic annihilation of millions of people. And I can tell you the gospel, you just need Jesus. And he gives meaning. But he doesn't 
necessarily give you a immediately only joyful life where you suddenly have comfort and it's all about you and, 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 and you can plan for the future. The Ukrainian people went through the Bolshevik revolution before, as communism came in, and they exterminated the intelligent class. Anyone here who has a higher education, and don't raise your hand, you're the first to go. Anyone who needs to wear glasses, suddenly you don't need to wear glasses anymore because those, you look intelligent. You've got to admit it, right? They get dealt with. Suddenly you act really dumb and you flee the country. So the light of the nation evacuates or gets exterminated. Then within 15 years, they had the Holodomor, which is the forced famine. Four to seven million Ukrainians died on one winter. All of their harvest, rich, thick, black soil that is called the breadbasket of, of, uh, of Europe, all that is harvested and is taken away and exported, all of it, nothing to eat. And so the men go and they look for food and they're killed. And those that stay die over a cold winter. In the Second World War, we know about the Holocaust. Millions of, Ukrainian, uh, millions of Jews were exterminated. Many of them were Ukrainian Jews. Nine million Ukrainians died in the Second World War. We don't know whether it was the communists or the Nazis that killed them. But you know, after the whole of the war, the forced famine, they weren't even allowed, those that survived, they weren't even allowed to talk about it. And so it was... It was, it was held down deep and then a generation went, go and it went by and it wasn't even, it was only a small note in the history and that only came out after Ukraine became free in 1991 because it was written in the KGB um, files that of, of, their secret, of the secret police. And so Ukraine has been on a journey of learning who are we? What is this? Why are, we, why are we slaves? What does it mean to be free? Young Aussie comes along, yeah, love Jesus. You can do anything, and it's true. And yet there's something holding them down. What you are seeing now is a metamorphosis happening. Like a butterfly leaving the cocoon. The people know where they come from. They don't want slavery anymore. And, they, and, and, and the blood is rushing. And they are being transformed into something. Something beautiful. And something else. And at least 100,000 people have lost their lives. The world has been shocked and appalled by the Russian invasion, by the brutality, by the torture, by the senseless missile strikes taking out residential buildings, shopping centers, total evil. Western society is asking the question, we don't believe in God, but this is evil. There's no other explanation. And God is at work. 
He's moving millions of people. Six million Ukrainians have fled. Eight million on top of that are internally displaced. 15,000 people live in my little town that Andrew couldn't pronounce. It's now 30,000 people um, internally displaced people, jobless, waiting, seeing if they can go back to a place. Is there any place to go back to? The world has been inspired, not just appalled, but inspired by Ukrainian courage, laying down their lives for the chance of a different future. And I've been there with the people. And transformation is taking place. But not only societal transformation, which is great. It's wonderful when you see things that are happening in accordance with what you, your value system. Freedom, the rule of law, um, the rules the same for, uh, for everybody. Accountability. But in this, we're, always, we're also seeing the body of Christ. The body of Christ, evangelical, born-again believers, has been persecuted. They've been sent to the gulag. They were not allowed to play a part of society. You are a nobody. Even if you have a higher education and you became a Christian, you're going to be a janitor now. That was the only chance that they had despised and counted as nobodies. But over the last years, when, when we had our first revolution, the Orange Revolution, standing up against voter fraud, Christians were there praying with those that wanted truth. Then we had our second revolution, the revolution of dignity and against corruption, Still working on the against corruption bit. Christians were there praying every day, united uh, on the public public square. In Ukraine, you can't have a revolution without having a stage and they get up and they sing their Ukrainian songs and their their dances and then they have their announcements and and then there's the street battles with the riot police. But then afterwards, they get up and they let the Christians pray And then they sing and they have their announcements until the next battle. I was there. I took my eldest boys, said history's being made here. And then the war began in 2014 after the mass shooting of the the heavenly hundred in the main square. And I cried for weeks. And actually, God prepared me for this war because I've done my crying. And we've now have our preparation and we know what hurt is. And somehow, somehow when the war began and Ukrainian society was under so much pressure, it should have fallen apart. God miraculously has raised up a people to withstand evil and the Christians are in the mix There's only, I I think there's only one place in the scripture that talks about yeast in a positive way. Remember Jesus in the parable of the yeast in the leaven? He says, what's the kingdom of God like? It's like a lady who puts yeast and mixes it into the dough 
what happens when yeast comes into a dough. You end up with something totally different than whether the yeast, if it wasn't there. And you are seeing this now. You are, you are seeing the impossible happen. And the Christians are in the mix. We've earned our stripes in the battlefield. Young evangelists went to eastern Ukraine to evangelize the soldiers who were fighting there against a totally artificial uh, situation, a hybrid war that only the locals can understand from that, you know, you've got propaganda and you've got all sorts of, all sorts of things. But the we that are there we know, totally fake, totally not, uh, not natural. This, 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 shouldn't have, this shouldn't have happened, but it is. And 3,000 Ukrainian soldiers and volunteers died. 10,000 civilians died. And young evangelists went to share their faith with the soldiers. And the soldiers says, come and stay with us. And out of come and stay with us, they went back and they learned combat medicine. You know how they show you how you're putting the drips in people's arms? They didn't have mannequins then. So you had volunteers with bruises until they learned that you could put a banana there instead and tape it on. And out of that, the chaplaincy movement was born. Out of a communist past where God does not exist, the Christians have spoken into the darkness, gone into the, the, the hurting place, and in that line that became the border, a place between two warring groups, there was a, great, there was a, a no man's land. People who could not leave. They didn't know who to trust. They hated everybody. The Christians went in there and planted churches. They literally stood in the gap. And that little church in a little house in no man's land with artillery going this way and that way and more to fire, vibrant communities of Jesus followers were born. Amazing. I want to see more of that. And that model of a Christian life support community spiritual center that was there literally as a part of the fabric being sewn along that rift is what's happened now on a larger scale starting on February 24th when the missiles came at five o'clock in the morning and all hell broke loose. Ukrainian history is divided now into two eras, the before and February 24, five o'clock in the morning. There is only the now. There was a distant era way before, 135 days ago. And as the panic happened, as people were fleeing by the hundreds of thousands, by the millions, Churches across the whole country became hubs and life support centers, taking people in, giving them a night's place to stay, feeding them, and if they wanted, they would go further. 
amazing. My little church took in several hundred people as they fled, looking for safety, fleeing west. Then on top of that, we were looking for aid. The whole country has come to a grinding standstill and we're sending people west and we're coming back with whatever we can get hold of to feed people. Not only that, in this, in this flood of a, like a river overflowing its banks, I think Brisbane understands a little bit of that, right? Not the time to go swimming, right? Not the best time to go for a dip. You never know what's in the water. Totally uncontrollable. It's so massive and you are a nobody floundering there along with millions of others. The Lord uses his people even at times like that. And everyone did what they could with what they had or what they could get their hands on. And miraculously, the electricity wasn't turned off. Miraculously, we didn't lose the internet. We were able to communicate and amongst the fury of information, everyone was, was establishing new networks just like in the war zone in the east, but now over the total country. It was a special time. Let's go to a couple of slides. Otherwise I'll forget and it'll be over. Let's have a look. Ukraine is Europe's largest country that's totally enclosed in, in Europe. Big country. 1,300 kilometers wide and 800 kilometers high. So it's, it's, a big, it's a big country, 40 something million uh, in population. And I think you do know where Europe is, right? Just, just checking, All right? Some of you have been to school. Um, and then uh, let's go to the next slide. So there's me in a place called Borodyanka. It's only 100 kilometers away from my house. And you're actually seeing in the background, not two buildings, but one. And it was hit by an air bomb. And uh, basically the whole central area of that, about 60 meters wide collapsed, killing several dozen people in, in a split second. It's hard to grasp. I needed to go there. I needed to see. I needed to go and talk to pastors. I needed to get their stories because God is doing something special. Every single place has its own war story and has its own application of what we did. Everyone will look back and you will look back. What did you do with what you had, with this life that you were given and with your gifting? Did you make it count? Did you use it for the glory of he who gave it to you? despite the insignificance of the way that you felt. And it was in this insignificance of everyone doing what they could, like little tiny bits of fabric intertwining everyone. Ukraine stood against a mighty foe, against all odds, and then not only did it stand, it continues to stand. Let's go to the next slide. 
as I said, the largest battles are taking place in eastern Ukraine now. You can see the, the pink area is the, the temporarily uh, occupied area, but that whole, those little red dots are major events that happened yesterday. As I said, more than a thousand casualties every day. And Ukrainians are laying down their lives for their future. They have something to believe in. And God is doing amazing things. God is moving millions of people. The unique thing about the Ukrainian situation, if you compare it to what's happened in Syria or in even Afghanistan or in Myanmar or, or places like that, the difference is that you can be openly Christian and you can go right to the most dangerous place and you can help someone in the name of Jesus. Truly incredible. Churches, believers, missionaries, all working together within the local society. Will there not be the birth of something beautiful? Absolutely. I cannot see it anywhere. I have seen this impossibility upon impossibility upon impossibility. Do you not want to see the to be to continued? And you cannot take me away from that, despite the hurt. My best friend, his name is Yuri. He's the size of a good-sized Aussie fridge, double door. He used to fix things with his fists. Actually, I think he still does. But besides that, he was on extraction duty. Not duty. He went into a place called Bucha to take food to someone who wasn't ready to leave yet despite what was going on, flowing battles back and forth, um, Russian reconnaissance and tank brigades coming through. And he turned up at a what he thought was a Ukrainian checkpoint until 10 bullets hit the front of his car, head on. He was driving a little vehicle that didn't have a, much of a bonnet. It certainly didn't have a big armor defending plate on the front. And he slowly winds down the seat, his big beer belly probably still visible. And he's thinking, is this the time to go? Is this how it's going to end? His battery on his iPhone was going down. Who would buy an iPhone for a war? Sorry. Buy a Samsung. And he remembers that his helmet and his body armor from the previous conflict, stupidly he put them in the boot. Well done, guys. It happens all the time. When you need it, it's in the boot. You cannot believe the stress that we went through in the silence of the next hours that has my best friend been slain as he lays down his life for people he doesn't even know. And that's the thing about Christianity. It really does perform well in dark places 
God sends his son into the darkest of places and he then sends his children who are transformed into his image to show forth the beauty and magnificence of the king who is writing history and your story is being written, woven into his beautiful story where the king of kings returns to a point where he saves the world and then there's no death and there's no sorrow and there's no pain and, and no disease. It is his story. It's not your story. You've been allowed to play a role in it and he's calling you to live this life for him to use what you have in this floating world where you think you have no significance. But God miraculously speaks in and he changes things. I think about the Reformation 500 years ago. It changed European and then your history, our history. Transformed. Lots of struggle there. There will be struggle Christ is asking you to join him day in, day out, making his priorities your priorities, making your inabilities a chance for him to shine. And he quite literally does say to the apostle Paul, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And it's in these times of weakness when we know that we need God and somehow he is with us because he said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. As usual, I've stuffed up my notes. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not by works so that no one can boast Believe me, I am not the most spiritual person in this building. I'm not a spiritual giant. I got stuck in a place where Jesus was working and he works despite me. And I'm seeing something amazing uh, happen before me and I want more of that. But it doesn't end there. It says, we are God's handiwork. I prefer, we are his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. It's not a mistake that you're living today. It's not a mistake you're born in Australia. It's not a mistake that you get all of this baggage and, and, um, and, and what makes you up to be you. God knew all of that with your victories and with your failures and he's calling you to follow him to lay down your life. And he calls you his masterpiece. And as a, an amazing body working in the world, Christ through you, he will be glorified and he has things for you to do that he has prepared in advance. I had no idea that I would be a war veteran. I had no idea that I would be in such a place that 
I am. And if I had known in advance, maybe I might have not done it. But now that I am here, and now that I've been through what I, and now that I love who I love, I cannot live for myself. The just shall live by faith. Faith involves taking risk. And it has the potential of reward. Faith involves taking risk and it also means, if the just will live by faith, faithfulness. What does the Lord say about faithfulness? He's faithful in little. He will be faithful in much. He will, he will give you more. He will give you more of himself. He will give you more of understanding. He will, he will, and he knows what to give. And that's what I can say, that I stayed. And I pray that I get to go back. I'm planning to go back. I have a ticket to go back, just for the record. And the war continues. And we will cry, and we will sweat, and we will bleed, and we will invest. And Jesus will do his thing, and one day we will read about the history. And you have a choice to be involved, as you have, but you have a choice to also follow him faithfully day in, day, day out. You are witnessing a great story from being victims into metamorphosizing into victors. And we will ask, we will be asked, what, I, what did I do with what I had? Do I want to play a role in that? And it may be Ukraine today, and it will be something else further on. What, what are you going to invest in? Jesus is at work where the darkness is, and he sends his people there. We become like him. His priorities, his values. The God enters into the darkness and into hopelessness, the beautiful God brings beauty. That's what redemption is. He takes things that have been ejected and rejected of no value in the world's eyes and then he transforms it into something that he says, wow, this is, this is doing what I want it to do. It has value because I said so and, and, and it really does. Greater love has no man than this, than he that lays down his life for his friends. You want a life of meaning? It, it won't be where comfort is the first most important thing. It won't be about ease. It won't be self-absorption. It will be the opposite. And one day we will hear Good, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. I don't know what to challenge you with. I think I've shared enough tonight. Um, Andrew can come up now.
Watch the history. Watch things unfold over the next few years. God will use this and it's his history. One day we will read about it, but you have your history too. Join with him so that you can receive those words as he has said that you are his masterpiece and he's created you in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he had prepared in advance for you. Amen. What a powerful um, word we've heard. And I really feel God uh, speaking to us um, through Wayne's life, through the way he's lived the life, the scripture that he's just shared. And uh, the impression for me is that God, you know, we live in a world that's far bigger than just us. There's a lot happening in this world and we can have blinkers on and we can see what's before us, but God is calling us to something bigger. And as we sing, and I'll just invite the band to come up, but as we sing this song, if, just, I just want us to be a, a responsive people. That if God's been speaking to us about you know, how are we investing our lives, as Wayne said, one day we'll hear those words, um, but are we allowing God to write his story? I can't help but think of Wayne going there for one year, but being willing and available. And maybe tonight God's just asking us, are you available Are you truly available just to be surrendered, to say, God, write your story in my life? Is there anything greater? There there is nothing greater than than have God write his story in our life, whatever that is, to use your gifts, because that that, that is how you've been created. That's how I've been created, to use our gifts for his purposes. The one who knows the best use of that creation is the creator. And tonight as we sing this last song, if you would like prayer just to say, God, um, here I am, I'm surrendered. I want to use all that I am for your purposes. I want to be available for you. And maybe you've got decisions to make. Maybe you've got directional decisions to make, young or old. Come and ask for prayer. And also as we sing this song, I just want to invite us to be praying for Ukraine to be praying for Wayne, to pray for his family, to pray for those Christians that are following Jesus, taking Jesus in, in a radical, um, risky, uh, sacrificial, loving way. Let's pray for them. Let's stand with them tonight. So even as we sing this song, um, I want you to be, have, um, you know, to be praying for Ukraine at that time as well. So just two responses tonight as we, we sing this song. Um, if you'd like prayer, just to surrender, say, God, write your story in my life, or let's pray for Ukraine. Let me just pray now. Lord, I want to thank you for Wayne. Um, Lord, thank you for the story, the, the metamorphosis, the change that you're doing in Ukraine. I want to thank you, Jesus, for who you are, because Jesus, as we follow you, we recognize you are the one who, who came from the comfort of heaven, the peace of heaven. You came to invest your life, to risk your life, to lay down your life uh, for others. And Lord Jesus, this is the call on our lives as well, that Lord, you would help us to lay down our life for others. This is what following Jesus is. And so Lord, we pray that you would lead us in that. You would uh, use our gifts, use our talents, use our areas of influence to lay down our lives for others. Lord, we pray a blessing on Wayne, Olya, the boys, Lord, bless them, keep them, protect them. Pray for Yuri and others going into deep and dark places, Lord, risky places for you, Jesus, those chaplains on the front line. Lord, build your church in this area of the world, we pray. 
I pray, God, there would be an amazing story uh, written where you use your people to make a difference in this space. And so, Lord, lead us now too as we respond, as we, we look to seek you in your ways in our lives too, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you thank Wayne and let's stand to worship as we continue tonight. How I long to breathe the air of heaven Where pain is gone and mercy fills the streets To look upon the one who's glad to save me And walk with him for all eternity There will be a day when all bow before him. There will be a day when death will be no more. Standing face to face with he who died in rose again. The songs of faith We sung through doubt and fear And in the end We'll see that it was worth it When he returns To wipe away your tears And there will be a day When all will bow before him Stand beside the heroes of the faith And with one voice A thousand generations Sing worthy to the Lamb who was slain Come on, one voice And they will join the resurrection Say the song the heroes of the faith. Oh, and with one voice, a thousand generations see worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Forever he shall reign. We declare
There's something really challenging as Wayne just uh, shared. I was just impacted by, as he uh, mentioned, faith is about stepping out in fear sometimes, stepping out of our comfort zones and saying, God, I'm available. I want to be used by you. And, you know, he mentioned that uh, all of us have a challenge. Um, and so what I just I was just struck, you know, what is that for you? Uh, where, where maybe you work or the uni you go to or where you live, whatever that might be. What's that challenge? What's that fear aspect that God wants you to step into? I just really want to challenge you to just, and I want to pray. I want to take this opportunity to pray for us that God might empower us and help us to step into that and say, God, I'm available. I'm willing to step out. Even if it's, if it's a fear thing for me, I'm willing to do that. And so, Father God, we just uh, thank you for what we've heard uh, tonight. And we really just pray, Father, that you would uh, give us that strength to step out in fear, Father God. Step out for you. Step out of our comfort zones, great God, and step in. Uh, to what you want to do in and through us and in the lives around us, great God, so that we can have a, uh, that you might use us to have an impact for your kingdom, great God, we pray. Uh, and Lord, of course, we want to lift up Ukraine to you tonight. In some respect, I, I don't know how to pray sometimes uh, in moments like this. I can't begin to understand all the suffering, the hurt, the turmoil that's taking place even in this very moment. But together, we just take a moment to lift up uh, Ukrainians to you, to lift up this nation to you, great God. And we just ask that in the power of the Holy Spirit that you would break in, great God, that you would break in and do a mighty work in this nation, Father God, that you would be working through Christians that are on the ground, that uh, that are on the front line, that we pray that you'd use them, that the gospel would go forth in great power, that droves and droves of people would be responding to you. We pray for this war and we ask, great God, that you would bring about a peace in a miraculous way. That the war might cease in a miraculous way by the power of you, great God. But we pray, Father, oh, we ask, Lord, that tens of thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands would be coming into the kingdom as the gospel goes forth, great God. Oh, Lord, we just pray for your protection upon workers that are bringing uh, welfare, that are bringing, uh, you know, first aid, that are bringing food, that are bringing care packages, great God. We pray for your protection upon the workers' lives. And we just pray that your gospel would go forward in power. I'm absolutely convinced, Lord. You know, I've said it many times to you. I'm absolutely convinced. You're the greatest father that anybody could ever encounter. And we just want the whole world to know you, Lord. And we want every single person to know you. I believe from the bottom of my heart, Lord, that the good news, the message of the gospel is the greatest message that anybody could ever hear. And we pray that that would go forth in great measure. And so, Lord, may we hear testimony after testimony of the work that you're doing in this nation, great God, we pray. We lift it up to you corporately in this moment. What a holy and powerful moment. And I believe you're a God that answers prayer. I believe that you're faithful. And I believe the prayers that we prayed now are impacting across the world. And we thank you, great God. We love you and we honour you tonight. Actually, I just want to give you a chance in your head and in your heart. Can you lift up the nation of Ukraine to you now? I need to give you an opportunity to do that. I want you to do that now in your head and in your heart.
Lord, we had to pray. I had to give an opportunity to pray because as I just said, Lord, I am convinced that you are faithful and you hear the prayers of your saints. And so thank you, oh God, thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity to gather together to worship and to praise you and to hear what's going on. And thank you for the opportunity to pray. We're gonna continue to pray and we thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We love you, Lord. We honour you tonight and we give you praise and honour in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen. Amen. Can we just thank Wayne one more time and just honour him and for the work that he's doing. I want to mention as well, uh, you're welcome to uh, head outside, grab some food if you'd like, but Wayne's going to hang around. And in about 15 minutes or so, uh, he's actually going to hang around and he's going to do a Q&A. So if you want to go out or you need to go home, that's fine. But if you want to go out and then come back in in about 15 minutes, Wayne's going to be here and he's going to do a Q&A with you so you can hang back and uh, he's going to share some more. And so you're welcome to hang around and uh, hear that after the service. Uh, God bless you so much as well. If you want prayer, you can head to our prayer lounge. We'd love to pray for you. Feel free to come down the front afterwards. Uh, we'd love to pray for you. But God bless you. Have an awesome week. And if you want to come back in 15 minutes, you're welcome to do that as well. Uh, but have an awesome week and we'll see you soon.